0: Anderson afternoons the podcast hello and thank you for checking out the podcast please rate the podcast please subscribe to the podcast and now the podcast Uh, rather than me introduce our next guest, I want to play the audio from a video that she did uh, for her viewers in BC. She's one of our global news reporters in, in British Columbia. And uh, here's the audio from a video that she did for her viewers explaining why she is changing the way she says her name.
1: Hi and happy Visaki. I'm Neetu Garcha. I know you might be thinking, wait, what? You're who? I thought you were Neetu Garcha. Let me explain. Nitu Garcha is the authentic Punjabi pronunciation that my parents gave me rather than Nitu Garcha. Like so many, I created the latter anglicized version during my childhood, much of which was spent just trying to fit in. This has been a source of inner conflict for me for a long time until now. I've made the decision to stop anglicizing my name. It is from now on across the board only Nitu Garcha, a name comprised of letters from the Punjabi alphabet. It, like my name, Nitu Garcha, contains sounds that just don't exist in the English language. So I know it's not an easy switch to make, but I do appreciate the effort and I hope others feel inspired to honor their true self, heritage, and identity. Thank you so much for being a part of this change.
0: And Nitu joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon.
2: Hi, Hal, great to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for doing this. This is so interesting. Um, We'll get into it, but my first question to you is, was it liberating to do this?
2: Oh, very much so. It came with a lot of reluctance and hesitancy that I think um, roots back to my childhood. There was this feeling that I didn't want to inconvenience anybody or make it hard for them to pronounce a name that clearly contains sounds that just aren't in the English alphabet. So it's to nobody's fault um, that it's a hard name to say. But I also thought about the deeper meaning behind my name and how it links to my Punjabi heritage and um, it's the way my parents and m- much of the Punjabi community say my name and it's what I identify with. I always hated the Anglicized version. It, it didn't represent me in my own eyes and um, amid this reckoning and the civil rights movement that's happening around the world following the tragedy in the U.S. after the death of George Floyd... I am among the millions who started reflecting more on my identity and um, who I am and also our platform that we have here at Chorus and how, how what we do and the way we do it has the potential to influence our youngest viewers and viewers of all ages, but particularly the younger ones who are at a time in their lives when they're trying to fit in. And that might mean conforming in so many different ways, including anglicizing their name and... Um, on top of that, I started reporting on the farmers' protest that's happening in India, and I always pronounce every Indian name authentically on air. I say Punjab instead of Punjab. I say Delhi instead of Delhi. And then i get to the sign-off at the end of my stories, and I was just like, I can't anglicize my name after pronouncing every other name in the story correctly, so I just said it authentically. And I'll be honest, Hal, this would never happen, but I had this fear that I would maybe get in trouble for just changing my name out of nowhere. I, I had fears that people would judge me or that they would make fun of me. And again, this comes from my childhood, and, and these were fleeting thoughts. It wasn't an overwhelming feeling, but mm-hmm. after doing it the way... I did, and seeing the response and the encouragement and the support, it very much felt liberating, and I've never felt more authentically myself. And um, the response, since I posted that video, the audio of which you just played, has been incredible. There have been thousands of people from around the world reaching out with similar stories of all different ethnicities and backgrounds and how they've anglicized their names or removed an uh, umlaut, uh, the two dots that go above um, a letter uh, in their names, that sort of thing. And uh, teachers, educators who are reaching out saying they've asked their students to start telling them how they'd like to have their names pronounced, that sort of thing. So uh, it's really incredible how many people grapple with this.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean, I even know people, you know, over the years uh, during my uh, growing up, uh, that um, because I grew up in southern Alberta, um, Mm -hmm. and there uh, were a lot of people there that that did not begin there. And yeah, they had names that were were actually given to them. This is your English
2: name. Right? Yes, absolutely. So it's forced assimilation in some cases, right? And it, it really can, I think, bring up trauma for some people or some people do identify with the anglicized version of their name and that's great too but for me it was very much a source of conflict and i i didn't like the anglicized version at all and i thought you know what um especially with our platform that we have and and the potential to influence those who are watching i'm going to make the switch for me and and in hopes of inspiring others and um the response has been mixed i think there's some people that also um maybe don't understand or or you know of course it's a challenge to roll your r's or pronounce the "th" in my first name me too it's really hard and and the bottom line here is i don't expect anybody to get it right especially not immediately but the effort that's being put in i think to a lot of people means everything
0: yeah i was gonna say that right i mean there's nothing wrong with saying you know giving it a shot and saying how did i do i mean that's uh, yeah. Uh, you have to learn how to say a person's name. Anyhow, you might as well learn how to say it the proper way if that's what they want to, uh, how
2: they want it pronounced. Absolutely. If we can say things like rumpled stiltskin or quinoa or. Emmanuel Macron, um, with a French accent, even if you don't speak French, there are certain names that, you know, are are so prominent in our day-to-day, and we've learned how to say them. So with practice, it can come, and if it doesn't, that's okay. It's the effort that I think goes a long way for a lot of people.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned inspiring young people. Have you heard, uh, you you did say you've heard from young people. Can you maybe share with us one or two of those stories, uh, a young person that you heard from that said, you know what, cool, and and I'm going to do this now?
2: Yes, there have been hundreds of of young people and people of all ages, but particularly those, I'll say, in maybe middle school or grade school who've reached out through their social media feeds or the parents of those who have children in elementary saying, after seeing your video, my child's coach asked all the players on the team, how do you want to be addressed? Or my child's teacher asked every student to, at the start of class, say, do you want to change up the way we all say your name? And so that that's powerful, right? Because at that age, you're really forming your sense of self. And, and they say your psyche is formed between age, well, zero to seven. And mm-hmm. so those first seven years of life are so critical. And, and a lot of the feelings that come up in adulthood are rooted in that age category. So I think... Um, specific examples I couldn't give you because my my phone has been inundated with uh, so (laughs) many messages, but uh, a lot of educators are reaching out, a lot of people who work in the legal system as well, saying they want to try and make a a concerted effort to ensure that their names are pronounced correctly in courtrooms. Um, Some people saying that they feel like their job prospects have been hindered by a name that's harder to pronounce, so they've anglicized because of that. They felt that they could have more success in their careers or profession as a result of anglicizing their name. So really interesting uh, stories and experiences coming out as a result Mm of
0: this this is for me and i'll I'll get your thoughts on this uh, you know for me what we do this is the cool part this is something you wanted to do for you and now you've done it and great good on you great but now look at how many how many people you've influenced and inspired that's the great part of what we do isn't it
2: it really is our platform is so powerful and we are in people's most intimate settings, whether it's their homes, while they're driving to work, um, pausing during a busy day to really reflect on what you say and how you say it, um, especially for you, Hal, because you're a radio host who can editorialize, right? You're not reading mm. off of a script or um, being completely removed and objective from from a story. You can have your right. opinion. And, and so we really do have a, a lot of power on our platform. And um, this is an example of, you know, how. We are we are real people too, as journalists, and yep. our experiences are no different from those who live in the communities that we tackle issues for on a day-to-day basis. So there, there's a lot to be said here about the response that we've seen and how many people really do struggle with this.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just saying the other day, you know, in in this business, especially in radio, a, a lot of people. My I'm in my mid 50s. A lot of people my age in radio aren't even using their real name more on on rock radio as opposed to news and talk but on rock and music radio sometimes you're not using your own name and my real name is hal anderson but at the start of my career there was discussion well your middle name is richard maybe we should call you hal richards um Mm -hmm. did all of this did all of this involve a conversation with your your boss out there at global your supervisor Uh, you know did you go to uh, him or her and say here's what i want to do or or uh, i'm just curious about that part of it
2: Yes. So as I was editing those stories on the farmers' protests in India, this was last fall, and just without asking anybody, decided to pronounce my name authentically in the sign-off, the response was very positive from colleagues and viewers so I started speaking to colleagues informally about this, just saying, I'm really struggling with this. Like, I'm grappling with the fact that my anglicized name is not the right one. It's not the way I want my name to be said, but I'm well into my broadcast career. I'm an anchor in, in mm-hmm. BC here. How do I make the switch? And so it was several months of internal reflection and conversations with colleagues until I made the decision within myself. And we actually have a new news director at Global BC, and he is a turban sick man. Um, his name is Bupinder Hundle, but hmm. the correct way to pronounce his name is actually Pupinder Hundle. Um And so he could relate deeply uh, to what I was going through. And so when I finally made the decision uh, a few weeks ago, I did go to him and I said, I want to make this change. And uh, he was so supportive and encouraged me to use it. However, I saw fit as a learning opportunity to teach people um, what I really meant by this and the fact that there's no pressure on everybody to get it right. It's just something that I needed to do for myself to honor my heritage and my identity and hopefully inspire others to do the same or just ask themselves the question, why do I anglicize? Am I OK with doing that? And um, you know, then came this article that I wrote for, the, for, the, for our website on globalnews.ca and uh, this video that I produced that you just read in the audio for. So there's been tremendous support from, from colleagues and from viewers, and I'm so grateful for that. It, I think it's telling um, how many people really struggle with their identities in a multilingual, multicultural society like Canada.
0: Mm-hmm. And quick final question. How has your family responded? I, I'm curious to know what your family thinks of the change.
2: Yeah, great question. I think my parents are over the moon. They have always called me Neetu. Um, they have never said to. They would actually find it hard to say Meetu because their mother tongue is Punjabi. Uh, so they are just so proud and, and the representation that it brings to our community and other uh, minority groups um, who maybe have struggled with something similar, I think they feel really connected to this in a way that they also feel more in alignment. And other family members, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles, are, are grappling with whether they do the same. My dad's name is Jatinder. He's always asked other people to call him Jack. My mom's name is Amarjeet, and she asks others to call her Amy. Again, they both just tried to fit in as well, um, and now mm-hmm. they're, they're going to stop doing that as well. So um, there's a lot of, I, I think, alignment within the family with this, with this issue and, and the steps we've taken at Global.
0: Well, listen, Nitu, congratulations on the change, and thank you so much for sharing it with everybody. That's the best part of this.
2: Thank you so much for giving me time on your platform. I'm so glad we were able to chat, Hal.
0: We'll chat soon. Thank you very much. Take care. Joining us right now from Fort White, alive, Barrett Miller. Barrett, good afternoon.
3: Hi, Hal. How are you?
0: Great. I know you've got a busy day there at Fort Wayne Alive. Thanks for uh, taking a few minutes here. We've got animal questions, and that's what you're real good at. Um, for, let's start with the geese. Uh, yesterday, people started sending me pictures, and if you're on social media at all, people are snapping pictures of a goose head sticking out of a snow drift. <laughs> I guess the nest is down there somewhere. Uh, Mama doesn't want to get off the eggs. Is that what's going on?
3: Uh, she doesn't want to get off her nest. Whether there's eggs or not, it's a little hard to say. She doesn't want to get off those eggs. And you know what? Underneath the snow like that, it'll actually be quite a bit warmer than those of us who uh, are on top of the snow. Uh, The snow will be acting like a bit of an insulating blanket on top of her. So it kind of actually is not the worst place to be. It's hard for us to see. We wouldn't be warm if we were just buried in snow. Although when you think about camping and a nice Quincy maybe, it starts to make a little bit more sense.
0: But they're going to be okay.
3: They're going to be okay, yeah. They're going to be okay.
0: Are they regretting coming back a little early?
3: Well, you know, it's really not that early, and we can have a depth of snow like this all the way into late May. I've mm-hmm. seen where uh, it's not just eggs or nests, but actually little goslings already that get caught in this. And for the most part, the geese just sort of make it through. They're tougher than we think. This is a case of uh, they can ride out in a couple days of uh, wintry weather, before they get on with their spring.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, We live on on three and a half acres just south of uh, the perimeter in St. Mary's uh, here. And last night we're watching TV. It was still light out. And we looked out the big front living room window. And eight or nine, we kind of lost count because they sort of bolted. But a couple stuck around. Eight or nine deer. And they were eating uh, buds because we were starting to see buds on our trees. They were eating buds off the trees. And I guess that's the best way for them to eat right now. They don't have to dig through the snow, eh?
3: Exactly. Uh, It really hasn't changed the way that the deer will be eating for this time of year. The buds will be nice and sweet and greening up. And that's what the deer would want to be eating this time of year anyway. Uh, This snow, though it is heavy and dense, it's not all that icy yet. So they can't break through and dig. But why dig for dried out long winter long dead grass when you have abundant buds at mm-hmm. head level just bursting and sweet. So yeah, they were having a little bit of a treat
0: yeah well and they know our place well because we've got an apple tree in the back and we can't keep oh, up yeah. some years and so they love that they they gather around that uh, several at a time and enjoy the apples when when the apples are there robins you know i haven't seen a whole lot of robins over the past several years and uh somebody was just commenting gee where are all the robins these days and then jackie and i noticed again a whole bunch of them in our tree out the front living room window and then uh, i mentioned that on the air the other day and people started sending their pictures in it seems like there are more robins out there this year
3: it might be that there's more this year it might just be again that we're a little bit more aware of it because it feels a little bit earlier the earlier spring has got more folks outside um it does come and go uh i was actually hearing reports of robins that stuck around the city this winter because we did have a mild one that's becoming increasingly common uh any of the migratory birds that can eat a little bit of everything like robins like blackbirds Uh, they have really started to arrive, and they'll arrive in waves. So the first wave of robins and blackbirds was about 10 days ago with that big, strong south wind. And this will sort of, this north wind snow system will sort of have them stalled out in Winnipeg for a few days before they depart on the next south wind and the next wave of uh, sort of omnivore birds arrives. Once it's a little bit warmer, we'll start seeing uh, insect-eating birds like our warblers moving in
0: hmm I was reading uh, the other day about a wild turkey being rescued in downtown Winnipeg, and I guess this is the time of year when we see a lot of wild turkeys roaming around, eh?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is their, it is their mating season, so they are uh, showing off. The toms are showing off for the hens. They're finding new territory. If uh, you were good to hang out in the same territory as mom and dad, and you're a young adult turkey, you're getting pushed to new territory, Normally, in a normal Winnipeg spring, uh, the rivers actually come up as well, and all of a sudden the turkey habitat is underwater and they go for a roam. But yeah, no, what we're seeing is just sort of the normal spring behavior in the turkey. Uh, They're showing off for each other, moving around, and that means that they're a lot easier to see, and we get to enjoy that show. Even though it's really not meant for us, we get to be spectators
0: hmm i haven't seen my groundhog yet uh we haven't had a sighting yet over by the shed where he uh we assume he uh when it started to get cold where he went to hibernate although somebody the other day did send me a text message saying they've got two and their uh groundhogs are out of hibernation are we going to start seeing some of those animals now come out of hibernation
3: we should start seeing some of our true hibernators starting to pop up like the groundhog um I have not seen one at Fort White yet. I think that they might still be sleeping away this last little bit of winter. They might have somehow known this was coming. We did have a turtle sighting a couple of weeks ago. That is quite early and reflective of just how warm the spring has been. It should be okay in this as long as it stays in the water. The water will be a little bit warmer than the air right now. So, Yeah, folks can start looking for some of those hibernators like turtles, like our frogs, and like the mammals, the groundhog. They should be starting to make their moves anytime once the snow starts disappearing. So probably by this time next week, we can expect some.
0: Those are my animal questions. What else do we need to know about the animal world when it snows like this? You know, we've got in some places 25 30 centimeters of snow a, a foot of where a very wet snow um any other animals that maybe don't manage a snowfall like this very well or anything else we should know
3: it does make it a little bit tough on everything but because it is the time of year it is because our air temperatures are fairly decent uh i think that most of the natural world feels very much about the snow the same way that we do it's sort of like a uh, one last push of winter um Deer will definitely have a little bit of a tougher time moving, so they'll stay closer to home, and that's probably why you saw so many so quickly. Uh, In terms of really any sort of negative impact, it's uh, this wet, heavy snow. If there are weak branches on the trees, they'll break off. That's about the extent of it. Uh, Any damage that this particular snow system is bringing is more than balanced off by the very much needed water that it's dropped on our landscape, too. I think mm-hmm. the natural world might be grumbling a little bit at having to get through a little blast in winter, but also breathing a sigh of relief that uh, we'll have some nice uh, wet soil to grow all sorts of good things for us in a week or two.
0: Yeah. Hey, Barrett, I always enjoy chatting animals with you. Thanks a lot. Thank
3: you very much, Hal. Have a great afternoon.
0: YouTube. barrett miller at fort white alive your animal stories or pictures or or whatever by the way um yesterday somebody had a great line on the show and i uh, actually uh put it up on my on my social media feeds after my show yesterday uh if you want to go and check it out hal anderson on twitter hal anderson 34 on instagram and hal anderson and hal anderson productions on facebook uh here's what i said <clears throat> a listener in the it comes with a photo a listener sent me a text during my show today, this was yesterday, uh, saying there are no robins around because there are too many Tim Hortons. Funny line, but check out this photo. Cheryl up at Robins, the Robins uh, Donut and Coffee Shop in Gimli, by the way, and I went on to say this in my text message, I love the morning glory muffins up there. I go and see Cheryl at Robins in Gimli all the time. And this is a very cool picture. It's a picture of a robin nesting on top of the R in the word, Robbins.
1: Hal Anderson
0: Afternoons. The podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast,
1: and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.